Coming up on this episode of Up for Debate, we're talking movies that became TV shows. Yes, if you can believe it, big screen adapted to the small screen. It's a new fad. So Matt and I will discuss the ones that worked, the ones that didn't, and the ones we would like to see on the small screen. Stick around because it's time for Up for Debate. This is Up for Debate, episode number 67, recorded December 1st, 2016. Movies on the small screen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the show that uh, works better in smaller episodic format than it does in uh, feature length. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by our, our resident director and, uh, and all-around producer, Matt. Hello, Matt. Producer of the good times. How are we today, Mr. Sean? I am great. Thrilled to be back. Thrilled to be here after our, our small Thanksgiving break, um, following up on our Halloween episode, of course. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm pleased to be back here chit-chatting. Chit-chatting. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad we're in our smaller episodic form definitely works works a lot better than the long form um mostly because then i have to do less talking and when i do less talking i get to save my vocal cords and so uh that works out super well i think it does too and i think it's going to work well for our topic this episode which is as we mentioned at the top movies that made their way onto television now Matt, this is not necessarily a new fad, but it is an increasing fad of uh, these large uh, adaptations for television. Uh, recently, I've been watching a lot of Westworld on HBO, which, as you know, was originally a movie, uh, actually a couple movies that they then turned into a TV show in the 80s that didn't work and then just turned it into a new successful HBO show. But you'd actually be surprised at how many movies became TV shows. There's quite a long list. And even more important, there's, there's a list of like 100 of them they're working on currently to get them on television. And I, you know, we talked about this, we did an episode, God, so far back on uh, remakes, reboots, and um, there was a third one, third thing in our title. And I think that, you know, um, it, it's it's becoming more and more common that ideas are not reused, but they're they're shared and and, and their, their universes are kind of expanded. Um, and so um, I think we'll take the opportunity to talk about a few of these. Matt, are there any that on the top of your head? That you can think of that of uh, movies that were made to TV shows. Um, yeah, I have a couple of thoughts about that, but I, I just wanted to start off. You mentioned Westworld. Yes. Um, did you know who the original writer of Westworld was? Who wrote the script for the movie? This. I would script, you I believe the the story? Who wrote the story? Would you believe that I actually know that? Um, yeah. And that would be uh, none other than uh, Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton, yes, the original author of Jurassic Park, Andromeda Strain. Um, he had another really famous one in there, like a movie. Oh, Sphere. Have you ever saw Sphere? That was a another sci-fi hit. Um, yeah, so Michael Crichton, um, he wrote uh, Westworld. Uh, I've heard really good things. I haven't haven't seen it yet, but. Um, uh, it's true. Like everything old, everything that was once old is now new again. I think we talked about that in length when we talked about um, reboots and uh, recreation of old movies. Um, now we're also today we're talking about kind of the, the phenomenon in reverse, talking about a movie 
that then went on to become a TV show. Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yes, absolutely. Famously, as a as a not as great, not as great adaptation. <laughs> yeah, that's I think one of the one of the uh, one of the examples that kind of failed there. My my Big Fat Greek Wedding that didn't do, didn't do so well in the uh, television format. I think it lasted one season, if I'm not mistaken. Barely that. And I'd say, I'd say more often than not, it actually doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, a quite a long graveyard of series that were brought to television and, and quickly shut down. Like, for example, did you know that there was a, um, a Ferris Bueller television show? I did not know that. Uh, it was called a Ferris Bueller uh, for the movies. It carried over um, none of the original actors or writers Um in fact, it didn't even take place in Chicago. It took place in Santa Monica. Really, the only thing it had in common was the character Ferris Bueller and the fact that he broke the fourth wall. Big failure. I guess uh, Malcolm in the Middle kind of did that already, right? Breaking the fourth wall. Sure. This is a TV show. Malcolm did that all the time. But I think that's kind of the problem with taking a movie and bringing it on the small screen is you bring a level of expectation um, of, of what you're getting when you, you know, because Malcolm in the Middle was a new idea, you give it a lot more opportunity to grow and develop and, and, adapt, and, you know, kind of enjoy it for what it is. When you bring it from the big screen, especially from a very successful film franchise, it has to hit a certain level of quality and of structure and of story um, that I think is difficult when you just quickly adapt it for television. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a huge... It's like a like a huge task, monumental task, I think, to take a movie and really split it into episodic format and then basically rewrite its entire existence and, and like set it up for the small screen. It's very seems very tedious and it seems very unnatural to do uh, that process. Well, I think I, from I, a writing I, standpoint. And, and, you know, when when I thought about talking about this topic, I figured out what, what works and what doesn't work. I think I've solved all their problems, Matt. They are in luck. Good. I'm thought glad about you're it. all this. Um, and I think, uh, I think the problem is good movie-to-TV adaptations are not about characters. They're barely even about stories. It's about universes. It's about creating a universe in which you can tell many stories. Yeah. Those Westworld is a good example. It's not about the same characters. It's about a sci-fi futuristic theme park filled with robots. You can tell a million stories in that location. Another one is Fargo, right? Which I don't know if you've seen the series. They took the movie main to the series. It's not about necessarily the same characters. It's about the same town and about a similar situations, but it's not about the same people. And I think that's why some of, some of these that have carried over um, Bates Motel is, well, and then you, you look at ones that are also prequels. Um, again, I think, I think you need to have a really strong sense of universe to carry over because if you don't have that, like Ferris Bueller being a good example, if you don't hit that one character perfectly in the TV show, it's not going to work because you didn't build, there's no story in Ferris Bueller. It's Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller is the movie. Let's be real. And there's, there's there, you know, nothing of his life outside the very narrow bit of that movie. So how do you build a series out of that? 
some of the best TV shows in general have just having great issues and having great, um, uh, like you said, a, a, an environment in which to tell many different stories. Is a great example of that. Like you can tell a million stories in the Firefly universe. Uh, just just the way that that um, environment is constructed. Um, uh, they had all, what is it? Marvel Agents of Shield. I think it was another really good example of a uh, kind of a, 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 mo- a TV adaptation of a series of movies, uh, pretty much a genre of movies. Uh, they set up a really good, really rich and environment for stories to be told that could, could last you know multiple seasons and that's that's the thing is that it, it grants it a sense of longevity um a sense of almost immortality a show that can have um you know story after story after story being told in that universe uh this might be a little bit of a stretch but i'm also coming to mind is uh uh the clone wars Sure. An animated series based on the Star Wars movies and on Star Wars canon, the Star Wars universe. Um, the Clone Wars series, you know, you had five or six seasons of this animated show that just told, you know, countless, every episode was pretty much a different story. And you had your arcs thrown there in like multi Matt, we're losing you a little bit there. Oh, I think the best stories are the ones that are told, um, you know, from, from uh, told in a, in a rich universe. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and, you know, it, you may be interested to know that, as I mentioned at the, by the way, do you remember the movie Shutter Island? With, I uh, do. That TV show also. They're going to make that into a TV show. Yeah, um, they're going to make that into a TV show. Yeah, I just I'd completely forgotten about that movie with um who was who was the actor? Matt Damon. It was, it was DiCaprio. Oh, DiCaprio. No, Leo DiCaprio. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, it was DiCaprio. Yes, it took me a minute. Yeah. Um, that was a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I. I, like, I won't spoil it for anyone, but. It had a really good twist at the end. I, I thought the twist was phenomenal. And, and we could do a whole we could do a whole mo- a whole episode on twist <laughs> movies. But the problem with the twist movie is it's only good once. Yeah, you can never enjoy it again. It's forever. No. Nobody goes back and rewatches the Sixth Sense. Now, you know? why do you why do you need to enjoy it again though? Because why movies can't, why can't should you just be, be happy watching it once and then have that memory forever. Well, then at that point, put it on Snapchat. Like you know, that's you're you're you're, you're defeating well, the point of recording it. I, I I mean, this might surprise you, but I I rarely rewatch. You don't you you, you with don't the exception of Star Wars, which I've watched. Hmm. Okay. That's. I think you're missing out. I'd love for rewatching a few movies multiple times, but, but you know, I mean, you know what's going to happen. So what's the point of watching it again? Yeah, but that's okay. So I think with it's the, true of any movie. It's a twist or not. But when there's a twist, the, the problem with a twist is you, by definition, you have to. The writers have to spend the whole movie setting up that twist. 
Whereas in a regular movie without a twist, you enjoy all the little bits of the story throughout. If you know the twist, then the whole rest of the movie is basically just setting up something you already know. Like it's well, hard. I, I think it's hard it, to enjoy the story. It seems like they they set up. They they don't set up the story for the twist. I think they set up the entire story and then just take that story and just flip it on its head. I think that's what makes a really good twist. Oh, I agree. It makes a good it's twist. Really it doesn't make up. a good movie. A good twist is not a good movie. Uh, no, I would not say that. I don't think that every single movie that has a twist in it is a great movie by, or even a good movie by any standards. But I would say that movies that have a good twist are, by definition, more interesting movies. I Yes, I suppose that that's true. Them, I think that they make them worth watching to a degree, but only once, for sure. Now, uh, yeah. circling back to, to, to the topic here, you know, one thing I do find interesting, though, when they adapt these is when they do it and it, there are varying degrees of, um, uh, of relationship to the source material. A good example of that is Teen Wolf. Are you familiar with the Teen Wolf? I am actually not too familiar with it. I think it was, um, it's, uh... The actor who played Teen Wolf is um, Marty McFly, right? Michael J. Fox, that's correct. Michael J. Fox. I, was, in, I, was, I lost his, his actor name. In, his in, a, name. in a movie so bad it's good, Teen Wolf. Horrible mm -hmm. movie. Makes no sense. It's not even very good. I really like it because it's very dumb. But what's interesting to me is they took just the concept of a teen who is a werewolf and made a like super dramatic good-looking teens MTV show out of it that's been on for, like, eight seasons. And really has very little in common with the source material, which is meant to be, in many ways, more humorous. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty unique. Like, taking... You basically change the entire audience at that but, point, right? Yeah, at that point, you have to say they just used it... With, with a movie like Fat Greek Wedding, you know, you're expecting the people that like that movie to come back and like that TV show. You're expecting the same people that went out to see um, all the Star Wars movies will we'll enjoy the Clone Wars, the cartoon show, probably kids. Um, you expect, what was the other, the, the uh, not the Westworld. Um, you expect people um, from the Marvel Universe to enjoy Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But yeah, with your example, I think you're, you're playing to a completely different audience. Like the people that enjoyed Teen Wolf probably, you know, just kind of people looking for a good comedy. Anybody, really. I would bet. This one's specifically kind of like the teenage girl demographic. I would bet 80% of MTV's Teen Wolf viewers have never even heard of the movie Teen Wolf. They merely just bought it for the name only. Yeah. I think um, – an interesting parallel is this season new on Fox is a lethal weapon, the series based on the movies. And in the yeah. lethal weapon series, they have Murtaugh and Riggs and the actual characters from the movie with the same personalities. They solve crimes every week. I actually enjoy the show uh, because it's a good mix of cop procedural and they have some action stuff in there, like in the movie, which is good. But um, that is, if you like the movie, you should like the show because it's extremely similar Teen Wolf is not a great example. Stargate is a good example of that, where they took the movie Stargate, made the series, same concept, similar style, very related. 
Um, it's it's just weird for me with some of these that are a little farther off that they basically just buy the names. And I think I think that'll be more common as time goes on. Um, where they merely just want the name recognition and it and it's you know either very early prequels or super barely related characters to the actual film itself um you know mm. I think that will be more more common yeah um we'll have to see uh do you think in general that the movies do you think that movies to TV works better than TV to movie? That's a very good question, and I say yes. I think movies to TV works better, and I think that's because when you're taking a TV show and making a movie, you're taking a traditionally longer form, episodic format, and having to condense it to a single story in two hours. The Simpsons movie is a good maybe example of this. There aren't a lot that I can think of um, that were super super successful, and most of them are animated that I can think of. Um, but... I think, although I guess Mission Impossible might be a good example of one that was successful going to movies. Yeah. Um, again, get I just smart. get smart. Yeah, yeah. Any of those it wasn't I, super successful, but it it, ha- it happened and it wasn't terrible. I just think, yeah, maybe it's just really hard to to say if one is more successful than the others because I think the right property going in either direction can work. Yeah. You know, I think if. I think the, mm, how do I want to say this? I think the bigger the universe, the better it works in episodes. I think that's how I would phrase it. I think like a lethal weapon where it's very narrow in what you're talking about, right? It's Riggs, it's Murtaugh, stuff explodes, they solve crimes. That works as a movie or as a TV show. I think that goes pretty well. But when you talk like a Westworld or yeah. something with a really expansive universe, you want to tell many stories over a long period of time, you're going to do better in TV. I think that's the good. And I think anything that kind of splits that difference can go either. Uh, Marvel is a good example of this where their stories can be big, but they can also be small. And I think that's when they can kind of cross, you know, Daredevil works better as a series than it did as a movie. Okay, well, what, what does that say? And I think going back and forth, some properties are just going to be better at that. Now, Matt, um, I wanted to ask, what do you think a good movie is that would make a quality TV show? Well, Sean. And and uh, do you need a minute to think? Because I can go first. Okay. I don't have to, though. A good so it was at the were you done? I didn't know if there was more. No, 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 no. I'm just I'm okay. just asking a movie that would make a great TV show. Okay. Oh, any any movie that is out that or that is ever ever was any movie that ever was any movie um, that you can think that of that would make a good TV show. You're you're a Hollywood executive. Oof. You're you're sitting in your office. You're out of real new ideas. So instead, you're going to steal one that already exists. What is a good movie that would make a TV show? Oh man, I think my go-to movie to turn into a TV show. I think a serious answer here, serious answer, I would say Lord of the Rings. I think there's plenty of uncharted territory there that could be turned into. I don't know if it would be a successful. Didn't they make like 8,000 of those movies? 
they made a lot of movies, but there's but I mean, like we said before, it's the universe. You have a you you have a pre-established universe that you don't really have to add more new ideas onto. Uh, you have to add some new ideas and new concepts, but pretty much all of the 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 lore is already established for you to just kind of work with. They're just pieces to move around. Um, uh, I think that would be my good my go-to one serious answer. And I think my joke answer here, I'd like to see them do um, I'd like to see them do like a uh, a Pixar's universe TV show where like all the Pixar movies were wrapped up into a TV show. And they like like Monsters Inc. was in there and Nemo was in there and too. Cars and all Yeah, they they all just are, are in this show and they're interacting with each other. Like maybe the Monsters Inc. people are driving the cars from cars around that doesn't and make the sense up is sailing around i don't know that is He's not canon gonna... matt who cares about canon? it's pixar <laughs> canon <laughs> the, what the, what the pixar uh television universe of characters and yeah they why all not? hang out why not they all hang out and they're it's kind of like friends but for kids and uh with these little cartoon characters and the fat people from up uh from wally and the grumpy old yeah. guy from up I figure the grumpy old guy from Up, he could probably be like the villain. This could be like a Saturday morning show. Oh my god, this is... Syndicated TV show. That is bizarre. That is bizarre. But I will say, you know, just quickly on Lord of the Rings, you know, I used to think really high fantasy would never work on television. And then Game of Thrones happened. Game of Thrones, exactly. Which I'm still shocked happened. Like, how is (laughs) how is Game of Thrones successful? Right. You know what the key to that was? Appealing to the masses through gore and extreme violence and sex. Yeah. Yeah. HBO, basically. Yeah. That's pretty much. That's pretty much what it was. They don't really. I don't think anybody. I don't think. I don't think your average Game of Thrones viewer really has a complete grasp of what the hell is going on. There's just enough gratuitous sex and violence to keep them interested. So, so do you think a? Do you think Lord of the Rings should go extreme gore, extreme sex, HBO, or do you think it would work on a like a, a like an AMC or a TNT kind of you know more basic cable channel? Um, I think that Lord of the Rings would. I think it would work better than Game of Thrones if you keep the original source material. Just because, well, the original Game of Thrones, the the novels, there was a fair amount of gore and sex. I mean, it was it was pretty much all gore and sex, but written down in a very eloquent narrative. Um, but I think Lord of the Rings didn't have any of that stuff, and still it appealed to the masses. So at least the movies did, um, and the books to a lesser extent. Um, so I think that the show itself wouldn't really. I mean, you could put that stuff in there, and I think Tolkien would probably roll over in his grave. But I think that it, it wouldn't ruin it, and I don't think it would. Um, I don't think you need the gratuitous violence and sex with Lord of the Rings. I think it could it could work without it. I think mm-hmm. it could stand alone. I think it has stood alone. The movies are still massive successes. Even the Fair Hobbit enough. trilogy, which I didn't really expect much out of. So. Well, I I had two, and you know, one is kind of cheating because they're actually making it into a TV show. Um, but I thought it was such a good idea, I, I wanted to claim it. Um, the Truman Show, the Jim Carrey well, film, isn't that Big Brother? 
the TV show? Well, like, kind of, but like, I yeah. how like, and it is a little Westworldy, but I would love to see a series set either a behind the scenes of the people who actually work the control rooms at the Truman Show, or b like, how did it all start? Like with the with the sketchy guy who created it, and like someone had to tell them this was a bad idea. And like, how, how how did it get created? Like, I would watch a series about that. Like, that sounds really interesting to me. How long do you think that series would last, though? I only see like one, maybe two seasons in there. They'd be good. I think they'd be good well, seasons. But... I think you'd have to diverge from the movie a bit. And I think you'd have to create some, if you did it more in the sort of present day, quote unquote, of being behind the scenes, I think you'd have to manufacture drama. I don't think it could follow the movie, you know, like him leaving um the the show but i think you know problems are going to come up he's going to start discovering stuff and i think you can stretch that out over a few seasons um they would have that uh, season finale where he like almost discovers something and then it's a cliffhanger and then and there gets ruined in you the know first you get the guy episode. behind the scenes who's trying to sabotage it and you think of who's the mole and you know i think there's there's some there's some room there there's something in there yeah I'd there's watch a universe that. in there and you know the the other one, and and maybe maybe this is a little cheap too. But you talk about a universe where I think there are more stories to be told that would work well in episode format is Harry Potter. And you know I, I got to be honest, I haven't seen Fantastic Beasts, but I think one of the most one of the things about the Harry Potter universe that makes me uninterested in it is those stupid kids. Like I really <laughs> don't want to hear about Hogwarts and Harry Potter. Like that's just. I enjoyed it as a kid, but I'm just saying, I think there's a large swath of the population that likes the idea of this magic universe. That's why Fantastic Beasts is successful, um, but don't care about these kids. Imagine, if you will, the, all the stories that can be told in this huge universe that has been created. For example, you could set a political thriller in the Ministry of Magic. I'd watch that. What I'd about watch. What about the story... Of a, of a family in like the Philadelphia suburbs or something who were just, what is it like to be a magic family in just normal, everyday modern society? Maybe the neighbors find out about it. You got to hide some stuff. Maybe there's like some sketchy. That a, that's a really good dark, show. Like I'd watch these. Like that's really cool to me. It's like this fantasy yeah. mixed with reality stuff. That's what Harry Potter does really well. I think that'd be, that would be a fantastic show. I think, um, I mean, I would definitely watch that. What about, um, like you said, what if there was like a West Wing-esque episode, like West Wing-esque um, series within the Ministry of Magic where like some kind of conspiracy comes up. They have to work together to, to hide it. Throwing a little house of cards in there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'd watch yeah. that in a heartbeat with, with, a, with a magical to, element. To, uh, how about a Diagon Alley? You can do an entire series all about Absolutely. Diagon Alley. There's so much... Like stuff that goes on there. That J.K. So Rowling does great in big, broad brushstrokes. I think. I don't think she's a great detail writer, to be completely honest. I I don't think that's her strength. I think she sets up these big things very well, and I think you have a lot of opportunity. Hell, I would even watch a series about the teachers' lounge at Hogwarts. Like <laughs> that could be more interesting than the stupid kids bumbling around and fucking stuff up all the time. So, you know, that that's a universe I like to explore in a more adult... Like, I'm not saying go full HBO nudity swearing, but I want to see it from an adult perspective. I, I don't want to read it as a kid's perspective. And the well, later movies did that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's actually the direction she went with as Harry and his friends grew older. Like, the books became more mature. 
And yeah, like they didn't really ha- have to go the sex and violence route, but they just became the undertones were, were just way more mature. It wasn't this silly, you know, magical world anymore. It was like, it's like, you know, this dark, this evil dark force is like take legitimately taking control. Yeah, I, I think there's some room there. So I but I think there, you know, I, I read a big list of all the all the things being adapted for television. I think there's a lot of uh, space out there. I think it's just a matter of execution. But I'm excited because, I you know, again, I think it's a bit easier going from movies to TV because you watch a movie and you're like, but I want more. Like the two hours is over. I want like, who are these people? I want to learn more. That was really interesting. Television now allows us to do that. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's a new frontier. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I know people are upset with like, oh, there are no more original ideas and they're just copying it. You know what? Fuck you. Like, I don't, I, I think that's a, I think that's okay. I really do. I think that as long as you're not being cheap about it, I think you can tell really interesting stories within an existing universe. Yeah. Well, Matt, that's it. That's it for me. That's it. That's it. We're out of, we, we're, we don't have two hours in your local theater to go through all this. Um, but we did get through our half hour episode. So, um, you'll have to, that's it. We're just telling more stories over a longer period of time. We'll more be back. Shows with Harry Potter, Harry, Harry Potter. What was that? I think more shows within the Harry Potter. We just solved the problem right there. We we did. I mean, honestly, so. I think this is pretty clear. I, and Matt, this this episode, you've been a little bit like another movie that became a TV show, Max Headroom. Uh, if you're familiar with that reference, I'm not. Okay, I'll explain to you off the air who Max Headroom is, uh, because we have to wrap <laughs> up. But thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next time with an episode all about condiments. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, it'll be on our website along with this episode at UpForDebate.tv. Um, but I recommend you subscribe. You click the subscribe button on the site. It tells you all the places you can subscribe, like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, YouTube, and so much more. It'll let you know when the new episodes become available. And of course, you can follow us at UpForDebate. TV on Twitter and Facebook.com slash up for debate TV. Uh, on behalf of Matt, this is Sean thanking all of you for joining us and hoping we'll see you next time for even more great discussion here on Up for Debate.